Are you ready to become awesomer? Hello everyone, this is Umar Hamid, your host, and welcome to the No Limit Selling Podcast, where industry leaders share their tips, strategies, and advice on how to make you better, stronger, faster. Get ready for another episode. Hello, everyone. Today, I've got the privilege of sitting down with Dan Ostrowski. He's the director at Donovan Health Solutions at Agora Publishing. Dan, welcome to the program. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me, Umar. Dan, the reason I'm so excited to have you here today is you do this amazing magic trick, is that you use the written word to get people to, to buy stuff, to open their wallet, which is a difficult trick to do. Well, it is difficult, but uh, you know when you do uh, get down to it, you'll see that there's some very specific things happening in that sales copy to get people to not only engage with your sales copy right, right from the get-go, but then also to continue to move through it. So that's that's a whole technique, you know, in its own. And we'll get to that. And one of the things that's really critical uh, from my uh, naive perspective is this: is that if you and I are face to face in a sales situation. Uh, I can be, you know, uh, mediocre and still maybe close the deal. But when you're writing, you need to know your customer intimately and what their real concerns are. Because if you don't have that spot on, they're going to lose interest right away. So you have to be beholden to the rules of sales a lot more strictly than when you have your body and you've got coffee or whiskey or whatever you're doing to close that deal, right? That is true. And, uh, you know, if I were to sum that up in one word, it would just be empathy for your customer. You know, the more empathetic you can be and put yourself into their place, you know, it's going to sell itself is what ends up happening. So how do you do that? Because oftentimes, you know, when I talk to companies, they have an illusion of what their customer, who they are and what they want. But sometimes there's a different reality from the customer's point of view. So how do you... Uh, quote unquote, walk in their shoes? That's a great question. And that is the number one secret to sales, being able to slow yourself down mm-hmm. and slow your sales process down just enough so that you are willing to spend the time and have the patience to place yourself in the mindset of the customer. And you know, you can do that in a lot of ways. The way that I do that is I when say I'm selling over the phone, for example, mm-hmm. you know, I know we're talking about written word, but to say that I'm selling over the phone and, you know, you can you can hear it in people's voice. You, you need to really pay attention to uh, how they're speaking to you and pick up those little cues that allow you to show empathy. Because they can't, they can't, you know, you have to give signals of empathy. Yes. And, and, and so we'll switch real quick to writing. How do you do that in writing? You know, it's what I call, uh, you know, you, you use the you. You know, we're always talking right. to you. And, you know, that's a real quick, easy way to show empathy because you're saying, look, you know, you, I'm speaking to you. I'm putting you in this situation. And just to take a step back for a moment, because, you know, my whole world is neuroscience, is that the most ancient part of our brain, the reptile brain, it's only concerned about me. So when you use the word you, it perks up for a moment and goes, I need to pay attention to this. And so not only does it create empathy, it also gets that uh, reptile brain to kind of open its eye and go, maybe I need to pay attention here. I think you're right about that. You know, so in the written word, in the copy uh, that we use, like in our business, for example, uh, you know, we, we 
you know, copious amounts of the word you in there. And, and a lot of times, in fact, you know, we'll send it back to the copywriter and tell them to, hey, we need you to you this up a little you bit. You this up. I, I yeah, love it. Yeah, we need you to you this up a little bit. And, uh, you know, I got that from a great copywriter, uh, Patrick Beauvais, uh, who now works for Legacy Research. Uh, so shout out to Patrick. You know, getting people to pay attention to that piece of copy, you have to have some sort of, you know, real big benefit right off the Right to, off the to bat, hook them, to hook them, you know, right in that subject line, you need something that is a benefit driven, uh, you know, maybe it's women speak- will finally find you attractive. Yes. I, I'd read that copy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Finally. Wow. Finally. Uh, well, that's true because you know, th- you just plugged into an emotion there, you know, where, yeah. where the person who's reading that is like, you know, you're, you're trying to meet them where they are. And, you know, and that's another thing, the empathy, you know, you're just trying to meet the person where they are rather than trying to drag them all the way over to where you are. And, you know, you want yes. to, to sell them this thing, whatever it is, instead of dragging them all the way over there, just meet them exactly where they are. Uh, you're usually speaking or writing to that prospect for a reason. You know, they've showed some interest in your product potentially already. They saw an ad on Facebook that got them intrigued and they come into your system. That's right. Exactly. And, and you know, we use Facebook, uh, up, you know, every day, you know, to, to find customers. Um, and it's, of course, you know, one of the, the best platforms to do that. It's, it's like magic. I would back up a little bit. It is not magic, my friend. It is freaking voodoo. Because if you don't know what you're doing, you could spend a fortune and not get. So there is like expertise there. And the illusion that Facebook does, bastards, is that they make it look so easy that you could do this. And the reality is you need someone that's got some skills in that area to get people to actually, the right people to engage with you. That's absolutely right. And uh, so, you know, we don't depend on ourselves in our business to uh, come up with that strategy. And so, you know, we work with an agency that are experts in Facebook advertising. And you know, we work with them. Why? Because they know exactly how to program uh, those ad sequences to- It's much cheaper in the long run. Find the audiences and, and you know, and you're able to scale. Uh, so, so I want to take a step back a little bit because mm-hmm. I think the most- important thing that we've talked about so far is that you I was talking to this salesperson he said what they started to do is they have this phrase we want to smell the customer's breath and so they're traditional sales and he says rather than you know just meeting with our customer because you know who knows how much information gets uh, transmitted that we shadow them for two days and when we shadow them for two days Uh, it takes a lot of trust to be able to do that, is that we realize sometimes they're not using our product correctly or there's a ton more opportunities for us to help that customer out that we never knew about just in just having the normal kind of sales meeting. So knowing your customer is critical. Absolutely. So many times we'll try to guess what that customer is doing. And, you know, the wonderful thing about uh, our direct marketing business, direct response marketing, is we know very, very quickly we'll get that feedback very, very quickly from our advertising so we can know like, hey, is this something that's resonating or not? Uh, you know, often in, within 24 hours of testing a subject line or a little piece of copy, right. the audience will tell you and the data will tell you, you know, if they're interested or not. And we, and we follow that data. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll take all of our preconceived notions and just trim them aside, put them to the side because, and speak directly to what the customers are, want. Uh, you know, I'll watch our sales on just say, for example, on a monthly basis when I'm deciding maybe what ads to put into my podcast emails. Right. I'll look back over the last month and see, well, what have been people buying? And, you know, I might have an idea in my mind of like, hey, I'd really like to sell X this week because right. I want to see sales of X go up. I need sales of X to go up. And that's just me speaking in my, you know, whatever, my subjectiveness. 
And a lot of times we'll follow that because we feel like I know what's going on. I know what's right. But if you look at the data and just let your customer look over the last month, see what they've been buying. And even if it's something that you're not super hip on, maybe like advertising that week because you want to put right. this other product in front of people, man, you just got to listen to that data and just put it right in front of them. And time and time again, we're proven right that that is the case. Just give them more of what they want. So I want you to know that uh, many of the people listening to this uh, conversation are going to say, absolutely, Dan. Data is king, and data means everything. And the reality is they're not going to follow the data because it takes discipline to do that. And to uh, even the, you know, I really think this is what needs to sell or this is what's selling. It's uh, And I'm guilty of that. Is oh, that, me too, 100%. It's just like, yeah, yeah, I lecture on data, but I don't practice it. Yes, that's why I was bringing it up that it's because it is hard for us to do. We have, you know, as salespeople and as business people, we have a certain thing in mind that we want to sell and a certain objective we want to meet with our revenue or whatever it might be. Um, and then, but sometimes the things that the audience is actually telling us, we we sort of willfully, willfully ignore because it doesn't fit our narrative in our head. So the, the, the discipline thing is to how do I ignore that narrative Yes, and, you know, follow the data um, and be creative with that with that data because I might have a whole bunch of creative ideas how to sell my product X and you know, I, I was up all night thinking of these super new creative ideas and right. I just want to get out there and you know blast the world with them because I'm so excited about it. In the reality, you know, they really just want why from you, you know, and so uh, and we've been doing that lately with our podcast emails uh, for for Jim Donovan Sound Health every week. Uh, just being very disciplined at looking at the data of the last month or so and, and basing all of our marketing decisions off of that. And, and it's paid off. And, you know, we, we started doing that more disciplined in, uh, in May and it definitely, definitely has paid off. So we're going to keep on trying. <laughs> nice. One of the things that, uh, salespeople hate is process. I'm a, I'm a free spirit. Come on, man. Just let me go out there. And for organizations, process is everything because to make gains as a group, if you don't have a process, you don't know where it's broken. And what you're describing is you need a process and follow that process. And sometimes the process isn't perfect, but you can diagnose what the problem is with some data a month later or two months later. Whereas if you don't have a process and you're just going to willy nilly, it's just a guessing game. That's, that's very true. And, you know, so I would, in fact, after that, that kind of number one sales thing of empathy, yes, I would put right behind that process. Like I would, you need to have that process. Yes. And empathy for your customer will lead you to that process. Why? Because when you're empathetic and you're practicing empathy actively, you're listening way, way more than you're talking. And, and you'll hear that. I'm sure a lot of other guests on here. That was a joke. Yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I love it. Uh, you know, the you know, folks will maybe come on your show here or, you know, other folks right. that you're training. And you probably hear that a lot where, hey, you know, sales is 80% listening, 20% talking. Uh, but as salespeople, and you can even tell right now, I'm, I'm you know, I'm going to talk all day long sometimes unless you stop me. Right. So I have to actively in my mind stop myself talking, actively listen and when I when I'm empathetic and I actively listen to my customer, then that's going to lead me to my process, you know. And and so that that's what I found because then uh, and then you know once you can fine tune that process, that's where you have freedom, absolutely, and that's where you have accelerated growth. So I have this philosophy in life, 
It's uh, embracing sucking. So get the process <laughs> done. And is it going to be totally crap? Probably not. Is it going to be totally brilliant? Probably not. But just getting it done and then tweaking it. And after the seventh iteration, it's going to be rock solid. If you wait for something perfect, then a lot of times stuff doesn't get done. I agree. So dear listener, please suck. Please suck. <laughs> In fact, you know, I do tell that to, uh, you know, sometimes when I'm starting out with maybe a new editor for a product Yes. and we're trying to, and we're getting that first product out and they're all very, very concerned about making it beautiful and perfect and everything. And I tell them like, look, if you are not completely embarrassed by this first version, you, you know, a year from now, you were not going quick enough. Oh, isn't that brilliant? Yeah, you just were not going, you weren't going quick enough. You're holding yourself back. So if it, you must be embarrassed by this first effort. I love that. Uh, this one of the stories I tell them, I do a lot of coaching. So one of the stories I tell clients is I wrote this beautiful piece of marketing and it changed my life. It was like, uh, I honed it. It was perfect. It was magical. Then a year and a half later, I saw it. And I went, oh my God, this is dreadful. And it gave me the permission for the suckingness. Because it's like, I spent all this time and it wasn't that great. And why not just get something done and test it and just make it better? So I want to know where you suck, Dan. And this is a question that you can... Can you tell me about some copy that you wrote that went out there? in you know wherever in your career and then somebody that one of your mentors tweaked it a little bit and it started getting dramatically better results so something you did was working but a little tweak here or there got it to perform really well do you have one of those in the memory banks well I, the, well, the one that comes to mind right away is when i was working at stansbury research we uh we were selling this lifetime package called the alliance and you know, myself and some of the other sales guys, you know, we would come up with this copy uh, on our own to reach out to prospective customers who we, you know, we would do the research and we would find out who the customers were that were uh, most suited for this particular yes. product. And, you know, and then we would kind of go after it that way. So I would write my copy and, and I would have to say, uh, you know, and I thought it was pretty awesome, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I'm like, hey, I'm really proud of this. And it's going out and it's, it's, you know, it's effective. But then my friend, again, Patrick Beauvais, uh, copywriter, true copywriter, uh, you know, he came along and improved that process, you know, tenfold by just interjecting all of his copy knowledge and making it much more benefit driven for the reader, much more intriguing, you know, just the, the selections of words in making it more even like everyday conversational language yes. as opposed to some of the language I was using, which was a little more, you know, it, it wasn't as conversational as you and I are talking right now. Uh, you know, Patrick got a hold of it. You know, he really was able to, to dial it up and yeah, it was off to the races. Brilliant. So when you have, uh, we're sitting in your music studio right now, and what's intriguing is the number of one-hit wonders that have come and gone. Absolutely. Where they had talent, and certainly the thing they created was totally brilliant, and then they kind of lose their way or something happens. So what do you think happens there, and how do we bring it down to copywriting and products where sometimes uh, companies lose their way? I think sometimes we get a little too comfortable with our success. And then that's one of the sort of dangers of success. You know, you have, you know, you have great success and then, uh, and this is also true in the music industry and that's, you know, you have the great success, you have the, uh, the number one selling album in the country or wherever it is. And how do you follow that up? 
And, you know, and following that up, you know, can be the most challenging thing to do. You know, so some of that success that you have does breed a certain amount of, you know, comfort. Yes. And so it's, so it's recognizing that, that, okay, I have this comfortable position and, you know, you know, what can I do to maintain my position? Uh, but then I think sometimes it ends up being that they take uh, maybe too long to do the follow-up to that success. You know, there's too much thinking. You know, because you, you have thinking the big gets success. gets in the way, right? The thinking gets in the way. You know, it's like you have the big success and and then you're thinking to yourself like, okay, well, how do I duplicate this exactly? You know, I want more of this exact same thing. And you might spend then just like, you know, too much time just like coming up with that that new idea. Whereas, you know, you should really just, uh, you know, you have that success and you have to very, very quickly figure out, okay, how do I get another product out ASAP to this audience that's buying my product right now. So what comes to mind is uh, Michael Jackson and Thriller. And the next one I think was Bad. <laughs> and I suspect Bad, had he released that first, would have been uh, a really big hit, the album. But because it followed it up Thriller, uh, it probably didn't get the amount of love that it needed or deserved. So one of the things you said is, you know, we get to this level of comfort and sometimes I think what it does is we get to this place of angst that we do something really brilliant and then it's like that pressure of don't screw this up. It's got to be good. They'll think and all of that headspace comes in and then when you get that emotional headspace, then you get into thinking overthinking and that gets in the way of you you doing. Absolutely. And that would be, you know, you asked me, hey, what, are, you know, what, what did you suck at? And sometimes that is what I suck at is I will overthink. Whereas if I just let the process go more and just open my ears and my eyes and keep listening to what the readers, to what the audience is, is saying to me, that that's the feedback loop that we want. You know, we don't want to close ourselves into a studio and just Absolutely. kind of come up with the ideas in a vacuum um, because, you know, but, but, but it's very safe to do that. And that's why we feel good doing it. You know, we feel good like in the little vacuum, I can come up with my ideas and I can write them down and I can feel good about it. Um, and, and, and maybe I'm even afraid to share those ideas with people mm -hmm. because I'm afraid of the judgment that's going to come on me. Oh man, if this, if this idea isn't as good as that first one, oh gee, you know, like, you know, how's that going to make me feel? And these are all like subconscious things going on in your brain. So Dan, you and I have just met, mm -hmm. uh, how comfortable are you right now with me sitting in your studio having this conversation? I'm, I'm very comfortable. You know, we're sitting here again yeah, in my space. Uh, I got my bare feet, you know, on right. my carpet. So pretty comfortable. And I think one of the things we lose sight of is that we need to engage our customers in a conversation. And the only way we can engage them in a conversation is if there's trust between us and them. So they open up and tell us the truth, their truth. Because oftentimes, you know, we have this idea of who we are and how we need to behave in this world. So when a company says, you know, hey, we'd want to do a survey and figure out what you think of us, if there isn't trust there, they'll give the polite answer or might be harsher than they should be. But when you have that level of trust, then there's almost thoughtfulness on their part and they give you feedback that is really useful. So how do you how do you suggest we get into a conversation with our customers? In your case, you haven't met them. It's through the written word. So how do we create that conversation and that trust that allows that feedback loop to, to happen? Well, that's a great question. And my thoughts on that in this day and age is it's very, it's much easier to deliver value to folks, you know, through uh, your content. Yes. Through, you know, social media, through podcasting, uh, through all these things. So 
that is really what you got to do is you have to deliver the value. You got to deliver the goods. You got to give them your best stuff to get them to, to, uh, hallelujah. Yeah. To get them to, to uh, say like, yes, uh, thank you for that wonderful thing that just, you know, maybe improved my life or I learned something. Uh, please give me more. So let me pause you there and mm -hmm. come back to that is like, you know, when crazy crackpots like you suggested that to me, the initial reaction reaction was no they should pay for that how could you and then when i started uh, actually showing more of my expertise uh stronger relationships with customers more business came in but it was such a hard thing to do because we're trained that you know i am magical in some way and my knowledge is worth something so how do you make sure you do that and the people that you're working with feel comfortable with sharing their best stuff well because we show them by example that you know show, showing your customer your best stuff delivering them great value over and over and over again then you never ever ever have to ask them for a sale they you know, want to buy. Yeah, they want to buy. They're, they're just going to come right to you because they're going to say like, man, I've been listening to this guy's podcast. I've been reading his e-letter. You know, I've, I've watched some of his videos and I've really benefited from this stuff. So that when I, you know, when I finally send you an email and you see my advertisement for a $39 product or a $90 product or something, you're way, way more apt to say, yes, I want to take the next step. Even if the content is some of the same stuff that you've been giving them for free. Right. I mean, you know, you just, you know, you maybe in your in your paid presentation, you you just take it up a little more notch. You know, you, there's a little bit more back end information there or something, um, but you're still speaking to speaking to them in the same way, that same level. When of you trust. deliver value, people want to help you out. And I'll give you a perfect yeah, example. Absolutely. Came to a gas station. I'm ready to pump uh, gas in my car, and there's a guy there selling uh, stuff to clean your tires. And to make your uh, headlights, you know, not so fuzzy so they look like clear. Oh, okay. The guy comes up and says, hey, can I show you something? I said, sure, I'm pumping my gas. And he cleans one of the uh, headlamps and cleans one of the tires. And each time he goes to clean it, he sprays it, and then he gives me the can to hold. So I'm holding his product. Nice. And then he's doing what he's doing. Then after he finished, I particularly didn't want to buy the stuff. I didn't need the stuff. But because he did such a brilliant job and such a great salesperson, it was like, how much, dude? Let me just buy it. Yeah, and it's actually sitting at home for the last four years. I've not used it, but I'm happy I purchased it because somebody did something so brilliant. I agree. I, I've made purchases like that as well, where you know someone's helped me out. That's how you got married, right? Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, and uh, yeah, shout out to my wife, Lisa. Beautiful life. Hey, Lisa. Wife, Lisa. We've not met yet, but hello. Um, so yeah, but I, I, I agree with that. And that, that is a nice, that's an interesting little sales strategy. Uh, you know, the little technique, you know, he, he clearly, he showed you the product. He actually gave it to you to hold and, you know, you saw the result and, you know, you felt like, ah, and that was just in a moment thing. You, you had no plan to go out and buy that that day. Right. You know, nothing like that. Uh, so, you know, I think delivering that kind of value over and over again for your customers is absolutely going to lead you to sales. And just don't be afraid to give away your ideas. And even even as a, a copywriter or a marketer, uh, share your best ideas with with everyone because it's it's only going to come back to you. And, you know, and I definitely did not always think that way. I, I was thinking, you know, much like you were saying earlier, where, gee, I have this 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 music or this content or whatever it is, and, you know, people need to pay me for that because that's my, my craft and I've created that right. and, and there it is. There's my product. Uh, but as, you know, time went on and as I witnessed, you know, uh, working uh, for Agora for the last 15 years and I witnessed the 
uh, you know, the, the giving of the value, you know, for free and giving the information and just watching people come back for more. Uh, it just, it's, it's been brilliant, you know, and, and it's a, and it is a sales technique and methodology that is, you know, that can be applied to so many different industries. The model of, you know, free premium content, yes. free premium content. And, you know, giving that away, building an audience, building the trust, you know, build, you know, getting the engagement from people. Mm -hmm. And, and yes, that it's a little bit of a longer process. You know, you have to be, it's a patient process. Yes. Um, you know, because we, we all, we both know there's, you know, salespeople where, you know, they just want to get right to that sale. They, they just want to cut through all the chit chat and they just like, look, do you, you know, are you going to buy X or Y, you know, what, what, you know, they want to give you that, put that right in front of you and just kind of move on to the next customer. Um, but I've seen, I see those guys burn out. I see them get frustrated. And, you know, so my advice is just, you know, pull it back, more empathy, you know, giving away your best stuff, you know, getting that engagement, building a loyal tribe of an audience. And then, you know, you will ask them to buy stuff from you. And when you do, it's, it's, it's just automatic. And in the traditional sales world, the coolest thing ever is a referral where somebody's lending their trust in you to somebody else that they buy. And for salespeople out there, when you build those longer-term relationships, that's where you get a lot of those referrals coming back. Absolutely. My brother was in real estate for a number of years around here, and uh, you know the, he was always harping on the referral business, and, uh, and that's what drove his business was were, were those referrals you know, because he would treat people so well and you know, he was one of those realtors who he lives in uh, Salt Lake uh, City, Utah now. But when he was living here, here in Maryland, I know that he was one of those realtors where you could call him and say, hey, David, I need a plumber. Hey, David, I need an HVAC guy. Hey, and David. he would have his guy. And he would have his guy. And he would, you know, and he, and he was that person. Like he had all that information for all of his clients. So he was always giving, 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 giving value um, so that w when I, you know, when someone would go to sell their house or whatever, they would, they would, they would think about him. You know, absolutely. Uh, so, you know, he did that through referral by, you know, delivering value, even though he knew that, it, it, you know, it's going to take time to, you know, dig up the referral and, you know, kind of connect the two people and stuff like that. But you, know, you have to be willing to do that kind of stuff, uh, you know, to, to show that you're willing, you're a giver. I mean, I mean, we know that absolutely. You know, when you give, when you give fully, when you give with no expectation in return and you truly give of your talents and, uh, you know, all of your knowledge man, it just, it comes back to you. You can't plan it, but it just, it does come back to you. You know, the, the more that you give out to the universe, the universe wants everything that's inside of you. Mm -hmm. It wants all this cool stuff that makes you, you. And when you give into that and you start just, and you start giving and giving, you're giving the awesome content. You're giving the cool referrals for, uh, you know, that you're not going to benefit from, you know, right. the, the plumber's going to go do his job, but you know, you're not, you're not getting a, a commission on that. The more you do that type of stuff and the, and the less you are, uh, you know, uh, just me focused. Yeah. Me focused. Right. Uh, that's when, you know, that, that leads to the flow. So that's almost like the, so that sales process, you have empathy at the top where you're just, you're listening and you're learning. And then, you know, that leads you to your process. Yes. And then once you have that process, then you have flow, yes. you have true flow where, you know, things are happening and, and, you know, and your process is set up and, you know, you got all these referrals going and you got your content that you're giving away and, and giving lots of value to people. And then you have your sales process, you know, kind of in, and, you know, that starts to come into that flow so that you can, 
uh, as a salesperson, you know, you can, you know, get up every morning and, and, and you know how to get into that flow. Yes. You've, you've established the flow. So then you can tap into it and, and you, and you can, and you can use that flow. Um, nobody taught me that, I guess it was just, you know, it was just, you know, learn, you know, trial by fire, you know, going selling and, and learning how to listen and finding that process and realizing, Oh, wow, I've got this process. It's really kicking, man. And then the flow kicks in and then you're able to just optimize, you know? Yeah. And that uh, iteration just get better and better. Absolutely. Get better and better. And, and, uh, you know, that's what we did at, at Stansbury with our sales process. You know, when I was working on the phones with them is, you know, we were able to get to that point where it was just so well oiled and we were able to pre-qualify all of these people so that I just, when I would walk in in the morning, I just had a big lined up list of people that I could just start dialing. Right. And, and, and I knew every single one of them because they've been through my like pre-qualification process that I was calling, I was spending my time on calling the best customers. And when it was really kicking, uh, it was, it was almost like just shooting fish in a barrel from a sales uh, perspective, because you were, you were, you were always just spending your time on the most qualified leads. And, uh, and then, so you were willing to be patient with them. You were willing to listen. You were willing to keep giving them more value because you knew now, you know, this, this is a customer of course that is, they, you know, like I said, they've been pre-qualified, they've been warmed mm-hmm. up and that kind of thing. Um, so in, in a cold call situation, you know, a lot different, um, you know, you're kind of starting a whole funnel in that, in that way, uh, and then trying to get to your pre-qualification. So the empathy and the process piece is where you get trust. So it's not just the empathy at the top, it's that consistent process looking after the customer that builds that trust, that creates long-term relationships. Dan, before we part company today, uh, what's the one piece of advice you'd give people on their writing, writing that's designed to sell? Well, we do say you got to you it up. That, that is one of the you know best pieces of advice, I think, because uh, a lot of folks, uh, they don't even realize that that power is there, you know, to that you can use the power of you. So you want to you it up and you also step into the universe, step into the universe. I love it. Uh, and another thing with writing is, uh, you know, don't be afraid of one sentence paragraphs. You know, you know, it's all I, readability is exactly so readability. That is, that is it, man. You know, uh, formatting using white space, you know, realize how the eyes are, you know, immediately when they see a piece of copy, I'm making a, you know, nanosecond decision in my brain, whether or not I'm going to continue reading based really a lot of times, not even the subject line, but just how, how it, looks. it looks. What's amazing too, is we spend so much time, uh, spelling words correctly and it turns out it doesn't make a difference because most of the time we are not we're just looking at the look of the word and we don't actually read the word when we're actually doing that task dan thanks so much for sitting down with me we're going to put all your social media links and so people can get a hold of you thanks so much for inviting me to your studio today it's my pleasure omar thank you if you enjoyed this episode please go to itunes and leave a five-star rating And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming. And that is the fastest way to get better results. 